0: Welcome to Fur I'm your host, Anya Alvarez. And I'm Julia McGinnis. And this is the podcast that goes behind the scenes with some of the most loved animals on the internet. And today we're sitting
1: down with Kara and Darcy the Doxy, an adorable long haired mini dachshund whose fashion and wry smile has captured the hearts of dog lovers on the internet.
0: You know, Kara, thank you so much for joining Fur this afternoon. I found. I actually don't know how I found Darcy. I think she was recommended to me as an account that you should follow on Instagram. And once I landed on your page, I didn't see how I could not have Darcy content in my life. For our listeners who haven't seen Darcy the Docs on Instagram, could you tell us who Darcy is and what we're seeing when we look at her feed? Sure.
2: Darcy is a miniature, long-haired, and tan apple dachshund, and she was born on October 21st, 2021, and we brought her home on December 28th, 2021. She recently turned six months old, and she weighs six pounds, so she's a tiny little girl.
1: You did that perfectly. I feel like that is how a parent of a newborn baby would have <laughs> described their baby. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. All the the details, all the details. I'm like, my dog's, I think, five.
0: (laughs) That was beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) I echo what what Anya said. And, um, you know, her social media is extremely popular. How many followers does she have? What platforms is Darcy on? So we currently have
2: 31,500 followers on Instagram, and they consist uh, mainly of other dog accounts and people who either love dogs or own dogs or are looking to
0: add a dog into their family. Which makes sense. I could see just from scrolling through some of the comments, like lots of of dog-centric people, but I also got the sense that there are people who don't have a dog or sort of living vicariously through your and Darcy's pet adventures. And
2: most... Dog accounts typically are just dogs interacting with other dogs. And I think that what sets us apart from everyone else is that a lot more people who want dogs are following us now. And so we have to kind of tailor our content to not just dog accounts, but to everybody as a whole who love dogs.
1: So I guess when when you did eventually find Darcy, you'd been following all these rescue accounts. You're like, okay, I'm tired of waiting. I'm not finding what I want. Um, what was that process like for you? And when did you first meet Darcy and say, okay, I found the puppy I've been looking for? So
2: I had been, I found a breeder that I liked on Facebook in Riverside, California. And I reached out in July of 21 because when I, when we moved to California in May, Our neighbors across the street have a smooth haired uh, red dachshund. And oh my gosh, I just absolutely fell in love with her. Incredible dog and a little Cheweenie. And I so badly wanted one. And my family has had dachshunds on both sides their whole lives. So I've been around them. I've never owned one, but I wanted one. And so I reached out to the breeder and I asked about what the process was of getting on a wait list. Prices and I was like, okay, well, I'm not ready right now, but I just wanted this information. I'm going to keep you in mind. Well, of course, throughout that time from July to December, I kept seeing litters being born, and I was like, oh, I just this is not helping my fever. Like, I need a dachshund, and my husband was like, no, no dogs. And I was like, we're gonna get one one day, it's gonna happen. So, December 28th rolls around, and I see another post cause we're probably like five or six weeks into this litter and they have this Isabella I really wanted, but everyone was spoken for. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be put on the wait list for the next litter. Who knows when that's going to come around, but you know, it's probably a couple months away. I will just, I'll just ask. So I reached out and, um, the breeder was like, Hey, what are you interested in? And I was like, Oh, well I would like either a dapple piebald or, um, Uh, cream. And she was like, okay, do you want long hair, or short hair? I'm like, definitely want long hair. And she's like, okay, do you want male or female? I'm like, I have no preference. She was like, well, we actually have a long hair dapple female available right now. And I was like, oh no, Um, send me a picture. And so she sent the picture. As soon as I saw that cute little puppy, Darcy popped into my head. Like there was no other name. Everybody always has a cute story of like how they came up with the name, but with me and Darcy it was like just immediate. I I knew that was meant to be your name. And so that was my first mistake was naming her. And so there's the picture of what she looks like. And um that was my first mistake. So then I was like, "You know what? Can I meet her today actually because I know how these things go. I don't want to wait. Like I would like to meet her." And they're like, "Sure." So I text my husband her picture and I'm like, Hey, um, I put a deposit down on this dog. And he was like, okay. And I was like, um, do you have more to say about that? He was like, I don't believe you. And so I called him and I was like, no, I'm serious. I put a deposit down. He's like, okay, sure. And I was like, do you want to go meet her later with me? And he was like, "Mm, not really. I don't want to drive over there. I'm like, I'll drive. Like, come on, let's go meet her. was like a long pause. And he was just like, bring her home. I was like, okay, say no more. So I went to go pick her up. And uh, this was four hours after the initial message to the breeder. And I was in no way prepared to have a puppy that day. Like I was mentally prepared and emotionally prepared, but not physically prepared. So once I brought her home, we went straight to PetSmart and got her a bunch of like random things that we need, like, you know, the dog food, the crate, all that. But it was like, whoa, okay, we're getting a puppy today. So it was just, That right there shows me that she was meant to be our dog. And I want to touch on the fact that this is not a common story about people getting their dachshund or any dog from a breeder. So I don't want people to think that it's completely normal to contact a breeder and have a dog four hours later, let alone their dream dog. Um, It was just destiny for her to be our dog.
0: It just warms my heart because when we got smudged, we actually were on a 35 person wait list. And, um, I didn't know if we were going to get a dog, you know, within a year of when we finally decided, okay, we're ready. You know, we have, we're set up to do this well. And, um, two weeks after we did our breeder screenings and interviews, she texted me and she said, I have a puppy available if it's what you're interested in. She fly that he's got some serious anxiety issues. And I think that's why he had been passed over by other families. And she said, with that in mind, would you be interested? And I was like, of course, nobody wants this little angel. We're going to take him and give him the best you know, possible life. And it was just, yeah, totally unprepared. And I know what you mean. It was like that really fun scramble to get everything you know, together to welcome the dog home. He still has anxiety issues. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> that, that, that hasn't improved okay <laughs> he's no longer afraid of the refrigerator I consider that to be a win
2: <laughs> and I'm just sitting here happy that Darcy doesn't bark at the vacuum cleaner whenever I vacuum
0: <laughs> about the the type of you know dog that you got I don't think people realize how many different types of dachshunds there are I think a lot of people think oh it's you know of your Um, your sort of standard like little wiener dog, you know, like the short haired kind of like, you know, reddish coat. But there are so many different types of dachshunds. Could you tell us about that a little bit and why you landed on a long haired one?
2: Sure. So I initially didn't have much of a preference on color. I just know that I wanted a long hair because I have two cats and I love to pet them and I love soft animals. And so I knew with a long hair dachshund, I wanted to have an animal where I just constantly wanted to pet them and they loved it and not saying against anything against smooth hair. Cause again, I grew up with a minpin pin who had smooth hair. And so I wanted to try the opposite side of the spectrum. Um, and again, I would have been happy with any color. I, as I told the breeder, I was happy with a dapple or a piebald or a cream and we just happened to get a dapple cause that's what was available. Um, I'm still undecided on what my next Dachshund is going to be, but I'm leaning towards like a cream or a red sable or a chocolate and tan. But most of the common color patterns in Dachshunds include black and tan, red, cream, chocolate and tan, dapple, piebald, Isabella and tan. And there's many more, but those are like the most common colors that people associate with Dachshunds. And then there's three different types of coats. You have your smooth, short hair Coats your long hair like Darcy and your wire hair coats and then you even have different sizes of dachshunds and the most common being the standard which are the really large ones they typically are more so in Europe because that's where they originally came from where they were bred to kill things like badgers and whatnot and then here um, in the United States and like Australia and England you have the miniature and then you kind of have like a size in between called a tweenie and then from what I'm hearing, there's a step below mini called micro. So there's a lot of options to pick the dog you want um, in terms of color,
0: size, coat, and whatnot. I do have a follow-up related to that. But first, did we get some like insider information that Darcy might be getting a sibling soon? Yes, you did. <laughs> um, my husband and I have been
2: talking about it. We almost actually got a cream um, and we would have picked him up yesterday from Kansas. But I I decided that I wanted a little bit more space between them and age. But there's a couple of breeders that I have researched and spoken with about potentially adopting. And all I know is I want a long hair. I'm still open on gender and color. So we're waiting a little bit so she can get older and more potty trained Um, but yes, we are thinking about, no, we are for sure going to get another dog at some point in the future. (laughs) I guess we'll, we'll let that
1: dog out of the bag. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, first of all, her name's great. I feel like Darcy, you couldn't have picked a more perfect name for her, especially, I mean, you go to her Instagram page, she seems very sweet, elegant. I feel like Darcy fits with that name. Um, tell us about her personality. What do we not see that you don't post and how does her personality influence the outfit choices, uh, as far as all these adorable outfits that you put her in?
2: Okay, so I'm going to be real. Darcy is a psycho and I mean that in the best way possible. <laughs> Any dachshund owner knows exactly what I mean by that. But in all honesty, her photos are a pretty accurate representation of what she's like in person, except she's so much sweeter and so much softer than you would expect. And she's a lot smaller. Everyone who always meets her is surprised by how small she really is. But she's incredibly smart and she's attached to her father and I at the hip. She loves to cuddle and she loves to bring you her favorite toys to play fetch with. She is a little bit shy when she's in new places and she feels overstimulated, but she opens up pretty quickly and everyone loves her for it. I always joke around and say that if I ever had a daughter, I'd be doomed because her closet would be larger than mine and she'd always be fashionable. I find that most of Darcy's clothing, or I find most of Darcy's clothing through a company called Fitwarm Apparel. So we have them on our Amazon storefront in a list called Fit Warm Must Haves. Um, and it's basically just a list dedicated specifically to this clothing brand. So no clothing really fit her at the beginning because she was so short. Like her legs were like an inch long. And so while the clothes were long enough to fit her body at the time, they weren't long enough to fit her height-wise. But now that she's grown, she's like tripled in length, but only gone up a little bit in height. Like it's very disproportional. So clothing still fits her awkwardly, but I find that fit warm is like the best so far that I've found fitting-wise for clothing. But I try to buy clothes that look like they will accommodate her enough to where it doesn't look like high-rise capris or, like, high high (laughs) waters, you know? (laughs) 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 High-rise capris on a Dachshund. Beautiful image right there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so she's just, she's so awkwardly long but so short. Like, I feel like other Dachshunds are taller than she is. So Fitworm seems to be the only clothing I can find that decently fit her specifically, but dachshunds in general, I know that this company definitely works for them, but yeah, she's awkward.
1: Well, you, one of her signatures are these necklaces that she wears in, in all of her photos. She has these amazing collars that have big ornate beads on them or flowers on them. And I saw that you released a collection with an Etsy designer. Uh, her name is Designed by Ula and it's the Darcy collection. Can you tell us a little bit more about, about yes. that and how that came to be?
2: So Temi, the shop owner of Designs by Ola, she is the sweetest person ever. We actually met when I first started the Instagram. I had probably like, six to 800 followers at the time. And this was probably what the first or second weekend of January, which is so crazy to say that. Um, and she reached out and she was like, Hey, I just started making necklaces and your dog is so cute. And, um, I'd love to, you know, partner up. And I was like, Oh sure. You know, cause at that beginning stage, when you're making a dog Instagram, you just, you're willing to partner up with pretty much everybody. Cause You know, it's exposure and it's cool because you get discounts and free things. And I was all about it. So I was like, I didn't even think about putting necklaces on my dog at the time. But when I got that first pair in and put them on her, I was hooked. And so Temi is really cool because she lets me design my own necklaces in whatever way I want. And if there's something she doesn't have and I tell her what I'm looking for, she will find it and she will get it and she will make it. And so she'll send me beads before she's looking at purchasing them for the shop ahead of time. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, you should mix it with this and this and this and she'll do it. And so I made those three necklaces for the Darcy collection. And I was like, these are, I I love these so much, you know, like I know for a fact, once I post them, people are going to buy them. And so that's where we came up with the idea of the Darcy collection, because um, a couple weeks prior to that, we made this necklace that had like a rainbow tassel charm hanging down. And she sold so many of those. And I was like, let's just go ahead and make a whole collection at this point. And so now I think I own almost 20 necklaces from her and I have more coming in and, it's addicting. That's all I can say. Later. It is. I,
1: I'm in. I, I'm in the same boat as you. As far as I have uh, collars that I got made for Ruthie, and um, they're bedazzled and they in big sparkly letters. They say her name on the collar, and I don't know. There's just something that is really satisfying about just seeing your dog look all glammed up you know, and, and, and it's more so for the human than anything else. Right. I feel like it's not, it's definitely, I mean, I don't, she doesn't care as long as she has the thing around her neck and she knows she's going for a walk. She does not, she could care less, but uh, it is addicting. I've, I've sent Julia many screenshots of different outfits that I was looking at for Ruthie um, and getting her, trying to get her opinion on if I should buy them or not. And Julia has saved me money though because she just, (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> i've saved her a lot of money and i potentially have saved ruthie some embarrassment as well probably I, I think it might be a generational thing this idea of accessorizing for your pet because i remember you know in the winter i had this really cute little nordic sweater that smudge was wearing you know outside in our walks and my dad texted me and he goes is smudge going to get beat up at the dog park for showing up in that sweater <laughs> it's like that is so rude <laughs> You
2: know, it's true about the generational aspect of that, because I do every now and then get comments from people who are generally older stating things like, you know, that's a dog, not a doll or a child. Why are you dressing them up? And I can't help but like just laugh because, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not hurting anybody with my dog in a cute outfit and it makes me happy and it makes a lot of other people happy. But I kind of just laugh because it's like, I know that not everybody's always going to approve of what you do. So it is what it is.
1: Well, I think it goes into though, that, that mindset that, you know, people think that you're exaggerating when you say that your dog is like a child to you and, and coming from someone who doesn't have any children, I I don't, I I have, I can't compare what it is like, to actually have a child in comparison to what it is to to love an animal. Um, But, and we've talked about this before with other guests, but it's, it's, you know, we dedicate our lives to these animals and we build our lives around these animals too. Like I know if I'm going to be going out on a Friday night, I need to make sure that I, if I, if I'm going to be out later than usual, that I have someone that can take her out, that she's taken care of, or I cut my night early so that I can go be home with her. I mean, there's if you're a responsible pet owner, you do think about all of these things in terms of ensuring that your animal is taken care of and that they have all their needs met. And I feel like that's a very parental thing to do based on what parents have to do as well. The responsibilities may look different. Um, but you're still structuring your life around this living being and, and rearranging your own schedule in life to make sure that they're taken care of.
2: 100%. And it's funny that you say all that because I've literally with the question list, I have it like five different ways that you just said all that written out, (laughs) but it makes me think of, um, the meme and it was like, I work. So my dog has a better life. And it's true. I don't have children and um, I may or may not in the future, but the love that I have for Darcy and the loyalty and love that I get in return, if that's even a 10th of what it's like to have love from a human being in the form of a child, then, oh my goodness, you know, like I'm so honored to have experienced that beforehand. And to continue to experience that. And so people who say that they don't like animals always like send off red flags in my head because I'm like, how can you not love a little being that loves you unconditionally and all they want from you is food? I mean, come on.
0: True. That is so well said. Very, very beautifully put. Thank you. <laughs> um, something that you said earlier about you know your account, you know, not just showing these really cute photos of Darcy, but kind of like educating people a little bit too on on having a dog. I've never had a Dachshund, but they've been on my list of a dog that I might be interested in at some point in my life. And what can you tell us about that breed? You know, what are some maybe general qualities that the breed has? And what are some things that are surprising about Dachshunds? Yeah,
2: okay. So I've owned... Two different kinds of small dogs growing up, um, Minpins and now Dachshunds, and I'd have to say that there's a lot of similarities, but there are a few differences as well. So, for example, and I'm sure you can attest to this, all small dogs, for the most part, do love to snuggle under blankets. They like to pretend that they're bigger than what they are, and they always have a ton of energy. So Darcy does seem to deal more with separation anxiety than our minpin pin did. And so, for example, when we leave, both of them howl and cry and then eventually settle down. But Darcy, on the other hand, will go absolutely berserk if she knows that you're home and she can't get to you. Uh, my minpin pin wasn't like that. So she just started doing this thing where she jumps into the shower with me every time I shower. And don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. And I love that she loves the water, but I don't have, cause I blow dry her. I don't have 30 minutes always to spare to blow dry her every time she hops in the shower. So I have to set her outside of the bedroom, shut my door and then shower. And I just hear her at the door the entire time, like trying to bust it down, like just screaming at me that she wants in. But I'm like, I'm right here.
1: I'll be right out. When, when you first started posting about Darcy, What was the reasoning? Was it just to have a place to share her photos? Were you looking to make her internet famous? What what was the purpose at first of starting her own account?
2: So I started Darcy's Instagram account the day that we got her. And I initially told my husband that I was making it for fun and that it was just to document her growing up. And I remember joking with him saying that if we got Darcy's food for free one day, like a sponsorship, we made it. (laughs) <laughs> but now I find myself moving the goalposts each week because I hit that like a month ago. And I'm like, well, man, I need a new goal. So initially it was for fun. But being a photographer, I was excited because this was my way to use a cam- my camera every day and to challenge myself with a subject who couldn't speak to me or understand what I was saying without training. And so the initial response that I got on her page in the first couple weeks was, Similar to what it is today, just love for a really cute puppy. So, like, we started out pretty slowly, um, and within three weeks' time of posting daily content and getting real with our followers on what it's really like raising a puppy, between the pros and the cons, we exploded to ten thousand followers, and it was steadily going up for about a thousand, a thousand people a day for about two weeks. It was. Oh my gosh. Absolutely insane. Like I remember I was around 3000 followers about three weeks in and I was watching my insights and I was like, Hey, we're exponentially growing. So at this rate, I was projecting about two weeks to hit 10,000. So I was already starting my picking out my brands for the giveaway for 10,000 at 3000 followers. And people thought I was crazy expecting it to be two weeks later. And I hit it five days later. And I was like, okay, that was unexpected. And so like, I wish I knew how it happened. And the only thing I can think that helped attribute to that is that I stayed consistent with posting images that all looked similar. And um, I interacted with everybody who commented and messaged us in this first few weeks. And I tried to teach and educate in the sense of this is what owning a puppy is really like. And these are my struggles and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You know, I'll tell you the good and I'll tell you the bad. I remember there was one picture, my first picture that really went viral. I talked about how Darcy pooped in my bed and how people don't really like talk about that, but that's things people need to know if they're going to get a puppy, you know, like you're going to have poop and pee everywhere. Like that's just a fact of life unless you have a really good dog and you're a really great trainer in that case. Call me, but I think that also helped because it was like a fresh perspective. Um, not to mention, I mean, she is a really cute dog, so that doesn't hurt, but that's what I would recommend, and that's what I tell people is you know, post consistent images and give people something to learn from you, and you'll be surprised how fast you could grow
0: that way. I like that, and I mean, it is remarkable because sometimes. During these interviews, there'll be like one post that takes somebody from a handful of followers to you know tens or hundreds of thousands of them. Something becomes a meme, or you know, in the case of Prancer the Chihuahua, you know, he had a reputation already that had become very highly publicized in the media. But in Darcy's case, it just feels like very genuine organic growth through content that connected with people. I know that Instagram has changed their algorithm a little bit and sort of changed how content is shown to, um, shown to people in their feeds. Has that impacted your guys' account or your content strategy at all? So I did notice
2: when we were at our peak, it was like night and day. One day we were increasing. I think our highest point we got 2500 followers in one day but I also think that it coincided with one of our reels went viral uh we hit 1.2 million views on that and so I know that brought in a lot of followers along with everything else but then it was like immediate the next day we dropped down to like 100 followers like you go from 2500 followers like 100 in a span of 24 hours and I was just so confused. And so I looked into it and Instagram had once again changed their algorithms. Um, And so it's been challenging trying to figure out how to post things now knowing that like their algorithms are mainly focused on reels, for example. And so I know with us, we recently were, were, we were invited to Um, enter the bonuses program where they pay us per view for reels and so I think they're starting to realize that other platforms like TikTok are highly competitive and they want people to stay with them and so they're incentivizing it more but I don't know why they and like I I don't understand why their algorithm changed and it just really affected like everybody, because I know I wasn't the only one that was seeing a dramatic decrease in engagement at that point. And then they added, you know, finding your fit or adding people to your favorites and making sure that you follow them and see them first in your feed. And it's just a lot of extra steps for accounts that, if you didn't know that, you know, you're you're not going to see their content anymore.
1: So the reels really are. <laughs>
0: Important. Oh Uh, my God, uh, (laughs) Anya! I I am I'm I'm undoing Anya's mic for the duration of this conversation. (laughs) Well, I I am
1: curious though, as far as you know, directionally, how that's going to change your page when you start doing reels, because right now it's just photos, and so I've actually been posting a reel
2: a day since. Where am I missing
1: the reels? Oh, I'm looking at it on my computer. That's why. Sorry.
2: I actually, so I try to do like content days where I batch create a bunch of reels for like the week. So I don't have to think about it throughout the week. Um, and like right now I'm sitting on three that I just made this morning and I'm probably going to make like two or three more. So I have enough for the rest of the week. But then when you have them sitting in your draft, like burning a hole in your draft pocket, I'm just like, Oh, I just want to post them all. And so it takes a lot of, Oh, what's what I'm looking for? Restraint, a lot of self control and restraint, not to post all the pre planned content you have all in that moment. Because I do that with my photos sometimes too, and it's like I just want to share these with everybody now. So another, I'm I also well, it, with the algorithm. Ahead, posting sorry. like one picture a day and one reel a day seems to do the trick, at least for us. So we, we're kind of back up on top where we're gaining like a hundred a day. Now we've we've steadily held that for a couple of weeks, so I think we've cracked it for now. I'm not sure.
1: Well, it's interesting. I mean, you know, every account is very different as far as their strategy and how they do things. And we've talked with several different people so far, and I feel like everyone kind of has a different way of how they've built their audience. Like they they picked up on what their audience was really responding to, and just really leaned into whatever that that thing is. Um, but it's still a lot of work. And I I think that's such a, uh, misconception around content creation. Um, whether it's a a person who has their own brand, or if it's about you creating content about your animal, the amount of work and thought that goes into every post, it's like a second full-time job for a lot of these people. I mean, Especially especially if your intent is to really build an engaged audience and it sound like sounds like for you, look at different opportunities you can create for yourself and Darcy out, outside of her page.
2: Exactly. And the thing that I love the most about Instagram is that I can create an aesthetically pleasing grid of photos and still keep my options open in terms of how I want to present our page and our brand per se. So for example, I monitor our insights on a daily basis to get a better idea of how to better tailor our content to our audience. And I try to keep our engagement level at a certain point. And if I start to notice it drop, I change change things up a little bit. And so in most ways, I do treat this like a job. And it is sometimes a full-time job. And I try to make sure that each and every post that we share has at least 10% of our following interacting with it. And if we don't, then I reattack. And so at the beginning, a lot of people were asking like, how, how are you doing this? And I showed them the numbers of how long I spent on Instagram daily. And some days on average, it was 10 hours at the beginning. Wow. And that's a full-time job. And I wasn't seeing any money from that. Granted, now we're starting to like make brand deals and whatnot where we're actually getting compensated. But to get to that point, you know, you have to put in the work and brands need to see that you have a real following and a real engagement. Well, an engaged
1: following though, too, because that's the biggest thing is, I mean, there's several accounts where, you know, with us having worked in the social media content creation space too, where, okay, it's great if you have a million followers, but if only a hundred people are liking that, Post doesn't matter versus you, you're a little over 30,000, but you're getting two, four thousand, seven thousand likes per post. That's a very engaged audience who's responding to what you're putting out there.
2: And that Another thing about our Instagram that I'm very adamant about is, again, education. And so I have a video on how to create Train Your Dog based off of what we did that worked. I have, um, I'm creating a series on how to spot scam breeders. You know, um, I do Facebook lives where I ask or answer questions. One. And so my next one is actually going to be, how to work with brands, what brands are looking for in terms of, you know, dogs, because that's, again, our specialty, Um, you know, what they're looking for on your profile and what you need to do to get noticed and how you need to negotiate and what you need to look for in a brand, because there's so many brands out there that are fake or they're scams. And so you need to know as well how to protect yourself. And so I'm glad you brought all that up because that's the topic that's been weighing on me heavily for the last couple of weeks.
0: I thought about it because, you know, it's obviously a challenge for us. We're not really a Reels. And we are actually going to start doing Reels content for the podcast, but most podcasts are not posting even a lot of aesthetically pleasing things on Instagram. I mean, you're just updates about the episodes and stuff. And I I like Instagram for the photography and for things that I can also save to my collections. And to me, one of the great things about Darcy's page is the quality of the photographs. Like They're awesome, and you clearly have a really close connection with her. And so for people to not be able to see those photos, I think is sad. It's too bad because she is so she is so expressive. Like her eyes and her mouth have so much expression to them. How do you get those photos of her?
2: Thank you. So I trained Darcy from the start with how to pose for a camera. So initially I would have her sit down while I would hold hold a treat above the camera. And over time, she became used to hearing the shutter click, signaling to her that it was good and that she earned her treat. And so... Um, eventually, I'm going to make a video to kind of show how she acts when she's in front of the camera. But it's really cool to watch how she turns into a different dog, kind of like a model when they're working. Like she just snaps into this trance in a, in a sense. Um, but usually I take around 30 images per photo set and I hold them down to about five. And then one thing I look for specifically is certain angles that really do show off her adorable face the most. Uh, specifically that smile and the smize that you love so much. But the expression itself, I don't have her trained to smile or wink. She kind of just does it on her own. Um, But I do find that her ears complete the look. So without her perky ears, you can tell that her smile just doesn't look right. So it's like a combination of a bunch of different things to make her face look like the signature Darcy everybody knows.
1: What do you enjoy the most about creating content around Darcy it's it'd have to be the photography to be
2: honest um I love challenging myself each time to get the best photo that I've ever taken of Darcy uh the whole process it's just it's really intimate and I look forward to it each day because she's so in tune with everything I tell her and so when she knows a treat is involved she is just at my service and It's just really fun because, you know, it's like 20 minutes of my day to photograph her. And it's just so cute the way that she'll just stop and she'll just look at me. And if you follow like my stories, you'll see I'll post photos where I literally take a photo and I'm just talking to her. And I'm like, I love you. And then her face is just so sweet. And you could just see it on her face how much she loves me. And so I think that's my favorite thing about creating the content at the end of the day is like actually doing the creation part and spending that time with her
1: getting to yeah it's, it's the spending time engaging with her and yeah building more of a connection her my dog is at my feet right now giving me the eyes yeah she's sleeping under <laughs> my desk right now and I'm like I just want to disturb you yeah Ruthie's like you're talking about another dog I don't like this <laughs> give me attention <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> you know, I was going to say, since you are so, I, I mean, again, your social strategy is so impressive that you've developed this and your insights, are there any trends that you're seeing on doggy social media that you think are really interesting or weird or you're know, worth calling out?
2: So I've noticed lately that dog meetups are a huge thing, especially now that more things are opening up uh, since COVID began. So I've noticed a lot more dog owners holding parties for their puppies' birthdays, um, whether it be in person or virtual, and they're going all out. And as somebody who classifies themselves as extra, I am here for it. So I've noticed a lot of people creating hashtags that other dog accounts can use, and I think that that's a really neat way to recognize accounts and share them with your followers. Because like we talked about earlier in the podcast, how we created a hashtag, you can typically trace it back to an account that created it. And so I find that in the dog community, a lot of people are set on creating at least one or two hashtags. And it's like a really cool way of feeling like you belong when other dogs use that hashtag and other accounts. And so that's a trend that I really like getting on and following.
1: Um, I, I saw in your Instagram that you have some exciting things coming up. And one of them is a clothing line that you're working on. Can we get a little bit more detail on that? Is it and is it just for is it just for Dachshunds? So, first of all, get out of my
2: head because this entire podcast, since you guys gave me the questions ahead of time, I like made mental notes about certain things I want to talk about, and then like backtracked. And the clothing line was literally on one of my questions and I was like, nah, I'm not going to talk about it. So I'm glad that (laughs) you brought it up. Um, so it's going slowly because I, there's a lot that goes into it, you know, from creating the actual business or LLC to finding, um, manufacturers and deciding how are you going to distribute everything. And so I think it all started when, Darcy wore this really cute pair of overalls and everybody was just like, Oh my gosh. And I was sitting here like I would make a better pair so that everybody can enjoy them. And I was Mm -hmm. like, well, I should do it myself. And so it's just a matter of, you know, doing it. First of all, I think Mm -hmm. I'm still in that, like I'm scared phase where what if I fail? Um, but I won't know unless I do it, but I, I do want to start a clothing line. I'm still, again, doing a lot of research on it right now. And I'm still on the fence of whether or not it's just going to be for dachshunds or if it's going to be for all size dogs. Because like we said earlier in the podcast, um, finding clothing for dachshunds is not that easy. And so I think, you know, sticking with what our audience wants in our social media account which would be primarily dachshunds would be smart, but then it's also, I want to be inclusive. So
1: there's a lot of things to think about until we get to that point where we Maybe you could see- make little bandanas or something <laughs> so that people can feel like they're part of the Darcy club. Right. Even if they're not a <laughs> wiener <their> no. dog.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I've got, um, one more question actually sort of on that. What is Darcy's style? Like in a nutshell, how do we break down the Darcy look? So if we're talking like
2: my aesthetic on her actual page, I tend to lean more towards that like boho kind of deserty feel because, you know, we are in California. I grew up in Albuquerque. Free people. Coachella. Coachella.
0: <laughs> vibes. Yeah, I've
2: actually Coachella. never. I've been to Coachella, but not. Coachella the festival so it's you know Coachella is actually a real place I, I didn't know that till I moved here um I had no idea <laughs> yeah it's an actual city um, and if anybody from Coachella hears this I'm sorry I don't mean to insult you but I did not know um, <laughs> so I grew up in Albuquerque from like age five to 14 and so now that I'm back in like the desert biome it's just so special to me and so with her colors, I feel like anything boho deserty just goes perfect with her. But also I find that like vibrant colors look best on her. Plus she's a girl, so I can totally use that to my advantage and use like the pinks and the reds and all that. But I find that the vibrant colors look best against her fur. And at this point, style, it's more or less, (laughs) will this fit her? Oh, it does. And it doesn't look weird. Then let's get it.
1: You know, what's funny is I bought, I mean, here, yeah, this is one of Ruthie's blinged out uh, collars, as you can see. And I I ended up buying really girly collars and leashes for her because I was tired of people calling her a boy. It really bothered me for whatever reason. And it really shouldn't, like, it doesn't matter. But I was tired of people misgendering her. So I was like, all right, I'm going to get you the girliest things I can get you so that people don't mistake you for a boy because you are a princess and I want people to view you as a princess. Well, we, we have some follow up questions for you that are more rapid fire to end, to end this conversation. Um, So we'll, we'll keep it nice and short. Uh, And I, I have a feeling that you'll be able to knock this out of the park. So the first question is what is Darcy's favorite snack? Bully sticks bully sticks all right uh what is her favorite type of outfit to wear overalls overalls all right <laughs> A little country girl <laughs> she she used to be going to coachella uh, or no not to stagecoach, not to uh not to
2: well, i'm from texas <laughs> not coachella. so we uh whenever we do end up going back or leaving california because we're military so whenever we're done with all that we are going to end up back in houston so she's nice. going to be a little nice. country pup
1: one day. If, if a movie were to be made about Darcy, which actress would play her? Emma Stone.
0: <laughs> nice. Oh, that's awesome. I can see that too. I, like, I really don't know where you were going to go. Okay. I'm done. I'm done talking. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then if, if Darcy
1: were to take her dream vacation, where would her dream vacation be? Anywhere with a waterfall, she loves the water. Do you ever play her the TLC song "Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls"?
2: <laughs> no, because she wouldn't
1: listen, and she'd keep going. <laughs> <laughs> she would chase them. <laughs> well, you did great. We you did great. We we enjoyed talking with you so much and learning all about Darcy, and it's so cool what you're working on between the clothing line and the. the Uh, necklace collection that you have and and it's and your perspective is so interesting as far as how you approach uh your content and the way that you post and it was really uh, a really interesting conversation we appreciate you
2: thank you for having me oh like seriously i usually i'm a little apprehensive about things like this but this felt right from the moment i received y'all's email and so i'm really grateful that you guys reached out
0: uh, yeah, Thank I was you. so excited when you wrote back because you know we we reach out to accounts that we genuinely like or find interesting. Like we wouldn't want to have somebody on the podcast just because they had a following, and if they don't seem like a nice person, like why would we give them a platform? And so of course, like we reach out to people like we like. We you know you get disappointed if somebody doesn't write back or they say no, and when you wrote back and was like, yes, this sounds interesting. It was like, oh,
2: so cool. <laughs> I am a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. So there's a reason that you saw us in your um, accounts that you, we think you should follow. And there's a reason that, you know, you reached out about the podcast. So I appreciate it.
1: Okay. So Kara obviously loves Darcy so much. I feel like she could have talked about her for hours upon hours and hours. I mean, her, just, her love for Darcy just came
0: through immediately as soon as she started talking about her. Absolutely. I feel like we found our people, Anya. Like her passion for Darcy sounds so much like how we talk about Smudge and Ruthie. And you could just see it on her face as well. Like her eyes lit up as she was talking about her. And I think Darcy feels that way about her too. I mean, how else do you get photos like that? You can't. I mean, a dog has to feel
1: really comfortable with you to be able to elicit that type of emotion that I feel like Darcy does with her little cute smile and her little head tilts and everything. I mean, it's obvious that it's a mutual love between the two of them. And um, I just thought it was really interesting too, the shop or adopt, just love your dog mindset too that, that she has. And the conversations that she is driving through her platform.
0: Yeah, I, I thought that was a great perspective you know to bring into the show. And I also I hope people just take away how hard she works at this. You know to me, that was one of the big takeaways. She spends so much time working on this and it's paid off that you know, Darcy's account is really successful and popular but this doesn't happen you know from doing nothing you know this happens from putting in time and really committing to it and she's such a good example of how that can work out for somebody who decides that this is a a project that they really want to do and do well
1: yeah so for all of you animal lovers who follow all these animal accounts just appreciate what these animal owners are doing (laughs) for you, for your own entertainment, because it is not easy work at all. (laughs) Yeah. So well said.